killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. This is definitely the scariest video I've ever made. It's not just for New York City, it's for the entire state of New York. We are all gonna have to run and get the fuck out of here. Let me explain to what happened over the weekend. Rule 213, anybody remember what Rule 213 was supposed to be? Or what it is now? Over a year ago, Governor Hochul tried to have something come in place called two, Rule 213, where the state can come remove you from your home and put you into quarantine. And I'm not talking about C-19, I'm talking about any disease, including Lyme disease, toxic shock syndrome, things that aren't even contagious, okay? This happened last March. It was approved to go through until a bunch of lawyers sued them for it. And the judge appealed it. They said, this is not gonna go through. No thanks, goodbye. Until this past September, when Governor Hochul appealed that decision. He followed up with the New York State Supreme Court Appellate Division, Fourth Judicial Department. Both sides gave their arguments. Hochul's lawyers saying, oh, it's not gonna be as bad as you think, while the other lawyers saying what the nightmare will be if this goes through. Number one, there's no age restriction. It could be your newborn baby, it could be your grandparents, it could be you who just gave birth. There are no restrictions to removing the person that needs to come out and go in quarantine. Could be in the middle of the night, middle of the day, while you're at work doesn't matter. They take you, you have no right. There's no due process. There are no court hearings. There's also no time duration limit. You are there until they tell you you can leave. You are forced also to take whatever medicine that they give you, whatever vaccine that they decide is good for you. On that list also includes experimental drugs. They are allowed to experiment with your body to see if something will work. I'm not making this shit up. This is all listed on the appeal. The worst part is you are not allowed to take a test to prove that you are not even sick. They don't care about test results. If they deem you to be a problem, they just take you out, 
and put you into a quarantine. If you look up on Google, some websites will say, no, it's not a quarantine camp, it's something else. Well, really, uh, what the fuck would you call it? They announced over this weekend, the appeals court finally got back with the decision after months later, and they put it through. Rule 213 is now in place for the entire state of New York. Attorney Bobby Ann Cox is saying there is only one more place they can appeal this is the New York State Court of Appeal. That's our last chance. Frankly, I don't know how any judge could have voted that this rule is okay. Maybe they don't think it will happen to them or to their family members or to their friends, but there is no way that this is constitutional by any means. New York City, you can see the skyline from the Staten Island Ferry. Greatest city in the world, you see the Freedom Tower? Lower Manhattan. It's about chasing money. But I want you to let you know something today. Did you know it says not once, not twice, not three times, not, but four times. Four times in Revelation chapter 18. In one hour. In one hour, so great riches will be made not. Wall Street is right there. All the money in one hour. America's financial collapse is coming. The Bible forecasts it. The Bible says it's going to happen. Don't put your faith in money. Don't put your faith in these buildings and the financial system. Put your faith in Almighty God. Because it's going to collapse. Because sin, sin results in collapse. And America is not coming back to God. America is running from God. That's why we have plagues, pestilences, and pandemics. That's why we're falling apart. The administration has no answers. Wall Street has no answers. In one hour, in one hour, so great riches shall be not. Put your faith in God. In God we trust. Not in government. Not in gain. Not in greed. But in God we trust. Not Wall Street, but streets of gold. Not Wall Street, but streets of gold. From Lower Manhattan, this is Evangelist Mike Bow. I love you. New York, Governor Hochul's plans for quarantine camps may be in the works again. An appeals court just dismissed a lawsuit from lawmakers and citizen groups. Their attorney, Bobby Ann Cox, disagrees with the decision. We spoke earlier today. Bobby Ann Cox, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. To begin with, can you please explain the judge's ruling in this case and your initial response here? Yes, well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, so what happened was the Fourth Department Appellate Division here in New York State um, ruled that my plaintiffs, Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, Congressman Mike Lawler, and a citizens group called Uniting New York State, um, didn't have standing to bring the lawsuit last year, uh, which, if, if you recall, we actually won the lawsuit last year at the trial court level uh, when the court ruled in our favor and said that this regulation that Governor Hochul and her Department of Health made um, were, it was an unconstitutional regulation on multiple levels. Um, so now this appellate court, uh, which, you know, of course, the governor and the attorney general appealed to this court. Uh, they tried to overturn our decision. And yeah, the court came down and said, well, you know what? We're not even going to talk about the merits here, uh, whether or not this regulation was unconstitutional or not. Uh, we're just going to say, hey, you know what? We don't think you had the right to bring the lawsuit in the first place last year. 
And what's your assessment uh, of that decision? What's your assessment of the reasoning here? Yeah, it's pretty surprising, I have to say. Um, you know, the trial court judge last year didn't even discuss standing. Uh, you know, it was an argument that was brought up by the, the attorney general last year at the trial court, um, but it's so obvious that we have standing that the trial court judge didn't even discuss it in his decision. Um, so it was very surprising, and, and I don't agree. My plaintiffs and I do not agree with this ruling. We do not believe that sitting New York State legislators and the, the people of New York State, um, you know, in a citizens group, don't have standing. It doesn't make sense. So um, right. we definitely disagree with this ruling. And just for our viewers, what would be the potential impact of this ruling for New York, for the rest of America? As you've said, it could have an impact on the whole nation. Yes, so uh, what has happened with this ruling is that they have said, in essence, the lawsuit last year, the ruling there isn't valid anymore. So what that means is that the Department of Health and Governor Hochul are open to reissuing that regulation if they want to, which means they can reinstitute their isolation and quarantine procedures regulation, which the judge had struck down last year. So if they can reissue that now, that means that it's going to be a valid regulation and it's going to be enforceable by the Department of Health, the governor, uh, the attorney general. So it's, it's really a dangerous situation. You know, the other thing, and in addition to that regulation now being open to being reissued, the other problem is that this is really bad case law. Uh, you know, a court, an appellate court is saying that these legislators don't have the right to bring a lawsuit against the executive branch of government when they feel that the executive branch of government has usurped their power, has taken their power to make law. You know, it's very clear, three branches of government, each branch has its own job, its own authority. And here, it was clear that the executive branch overstepped and reached into the legislative branch's powers yeah. You have to be able to challenge that in court. Absolutely. That is concerning. And in a tangible way, how might this affect people's lives, say, for a potential future pandemic or such? Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, so the, the regulation can be reinstituted now because of this court decision. Um, so that means the regulation for any of your viewers who are not familiar with the regulation, um, it allows the Department of Health to pick and choose which New Yorkers they can lock up or lock down without any proof that you're sick, without any proof you've been exposed to a communicable disease. There's no time limit, so they could lock you up or lock you down for days or weeks or months. There's no location restrictions. They can put you in any facility they want. They can either lock you down in your house or they can remove you from your house with the force of police and put you into a facility, detention center, whatever you want to call it, that they choose, you would have no say. And then once you're locked up or you're locked down, there's no procedure in this regulation that says how you get out of quarantine once you're in there. So, you know, just to give you an example, we were at the trial court last year arguing in front of the judge and the judge asked the attorney general, you know, if you take a family and you put them into a facility somewhere, how do they get out? And, you know, the attorney general said, well, you know, they could hire a lawyer and they could sue us. 
you know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely. Bobby Ann Cox, you've done an amazing job representing these plaintiffs and driving forward this case. For any viewers out there who are interested and concerned and interested and want to help, um, you can donate. That's always useful. CoxLawyers.com. Um, and you can also read more about this on Bobby Ann Cox's Substacks. So thank you. U.S. defense officials are telling us that Fox News, telling us here at Fox News, that there was a multi-rocket attack on U.S. forces inside Syria today. No injuries or damage that we know of to the base. This is the fifth attack on U.S. forces since Sunday's airstrike. Remember, we, we fired back now three times. The third time, they've hit us five times since then. So we do one, they do five. At this ratio, well, he's not doing enough, the president of the United States. Can I just so underline something? add this something? in. One, one second. You add this in, and that is 53 attacks on our U.S. military men and women stationed in the Middle East since October 17th. All five so far of our responses have been inside Syria. So just very quickly, Harris, this is what ties it all together. The attitude to China, the attitude to Iran on every issue, even at the attitude to crime here at home. It's this ideology of appeasement mm. that has infected the left. And the ideology says that if you're nice to bad people, they'll be good. Yeah. And what we're seeing is the exact opposite. If you're nice to bad people, they'll be even worse. Mm. You know, I don't think he loves us. I don't. I mean, and, I, and I don't have to be bold to say that. 33 Americans have been killed by Hamas terrorists. At least nine are still being held hostage that we know of. We don't know their whereabouts. We don't know their conditions. Our military men and women stationed around the Middle East have been hit 53 times. And we've sent some planes with a couple of rockets and hit buildings that, well, really didn't have much in them. Mr. President, see us. You better see us. It's election year. Happy Tuesday. United States just announced it's getting ready for a war with China and Putin at the same time for a very important reason. Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin are about to completely alter the international power structure and the monetary system. This is why they're getting ready for war. No other reason. The biggest story in the world happened this week in Moscow, and your mainstream media ignored it. This week, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin signed 14 different documents in their face-to-face -face meeting. The biggest had to do with trade and currency. It's perhaps the biggest story in the world right now, but again, the U.S. media was obsessed with something else. He could be days away from becoming the first former president to be indicted. Donald Trump is under multiple criminal inquiries. If he's about to be arrested, it almost certainly means he's going to be indicted. The media wants you distracted from the U.S. banking crisis and the decline of the U.S. dollar. Can you imagine? Probably the most important story in the world happened this week, and it almost got no attention. So let me know in the comments if your newscasts in your local markets covered this story. Probably not. So let's give it some real attention right now and give you the most important highlights. Saudi Arabia and Iran, Sunni and Shiite Muslim, are sworn enemies. They hate each other. And yet China just brokered a peace deal between them. Yes, China did that. Not the United States and bumbling Joe Biden. China brokered a Saudi-Iran peace deal. Let that sink in. And then this week, Saudi Arabia openly talking about settling their oil trades in the Chinese currency yuan. This would replace the U.S. dollar. This, my friends, is the biggest story in the world. 
So let me repeat that. They would replace the petrodollar, the U.S. dollar that we use as a hammer to sanction any country we like. If the U.S. doesn't like you and wants to sanction you, they can because if you want to oil, you'll need to pay with the U.S. dollars to settle that transaction in U.S. dollars. So this is all about to change. It's not hyperbole to say that this will change everything. Imagine if the U.S. can't threaten you with dollars anymore. All they have left are weapons, and there's nothing more dangerous than a person losing power. You're witnessing it in real time. But if you need more news from this week, Saudi Arabia and Iran and Mexico all getting ready to join the BRICS alliance. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And we already know we've covered this on the show. Right after Mexico made this announcement, the U.S. started talking about invading Mexico with military forces to stop the drug cartels. I'm going to introduce legislation, Jesse, to make uh, certain Mexican drug cartels, foreign terrorist organizations under U.S. law and set the stage to use military force if necessary to protect America from being poisoned by things coming out of Mexico. They're at war with you. You need to be at war with them. I can't think of a better use of our military than the blow up labs in Mexico. They think we're stupid. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, doesn't give a rat's ass about drug cartels. They only care about Mexico joining BRICS. That's it. That's what this was about. And this week, Mexican President Obrador fired back, basically called Biden and Congress a bunch of idiots for provoking a war in Russia and talking about invading Mexico. So what does all of this mean? Well, it would mean that if all of the major oil-producing countries in the world become part of the same alliance, it would mean that half of the entire population of the globe would be on the same team, using a Chinese and Russian oil infrastructure that's tied to oil and gold, and no longer to the U.S. dollar. This week, we saw a new record amount of gold being bought and stored by China. There are real concerns that we are running out of gold supplies right now around the world. It's becoming incredibly difficult to get gold. China and Russia are buying as much of it as they can find, and gold producers right now are scrambling to bring it out of the ground. Gold is nearing record highs this week, prices touching $2,000 a troy ounce. So all of this means we're spiraling into World War III. Over the past 48 hours, the U.S. launched airstrikes against Iran. But not in Iran. They attacked Iran in Syria, because of course, we're using Syria as a proxy. This is a response to Iran attacking American soldiers in Syria. Again, why the hell are Americans in Syria in the first place? To make no mistake, the United States does not, does not emphasize, seek conflict with Iran, but be prepared for us to act forcefully, protect our people. So Syria is ground zero for what's about to happen in this new world order. But again, just pay attention to Trump getting arrested. That's what the deep state wants you to focus on. I will take those back and I will pass those out myself to all of you. So let's do that. Pass them out. The beginning. Pass them out. You are ready to talk to me. Put it in the minutes, too. Okay. You should finish your meeting. My camera's on sorry. I don't need your. Reclaim her minutes. Reclaim her minutes. Starting yet. I have not started yet. I reclaim my time. At the last meeting, I sat in astonishment as Superintendent Roberts tried to gaslight us regarding public comments at these meetings. 
He told us how important it was that everyone speaking felt listened to by this board, regardless if the board hears things they disagree with. All the hypocrisy, especially after most of this board walked out while I was addressing you at the August meeting. Then, this board's lawyer, Mr. Collins, tried to set rules regarding the content of people's speeches, but also claimed the idea wasn't to censor people. Newsflash, Mr. Collins. Your rules are the very definition of censorship. Apparently, this board is not familiar with the U.S. Constitution, so I've given each of you a copy. Please note the First Amendment on page 21, which clearly states there shall be no rules abridging freedom of speech. Additionally, the people have the right to air grievances to the government. So, to clarify this to you, board members, a board of education is the governing body of a school district, and therefore, we have the constitutional right to speak about whatever grievances we have. You can't limit the content or direct who we can or cannot talk about. If you don't want to be embarrassed or be in the spotlight, then resign from this board. If you don't want your family members to be a topic, then they should refrain from making statements on social media in regards to people who speak at these meetings. If you don't want people to refer to you as groomers and then follow state and federal laws and remove the sexually graphic books from your school libraries. Appeasing immorality by claiming acceptance and inclusion is not a valid argument. Claiming the books can be obtained online, no, it is a First Amendment right and you have taken my time so I reclaim that time back. Let me see. I reclaim my time back. I am going to continue. Not a valid argument. Claiming that removing the contested books is banning them is not a valid argument. There are no valid arguments for violating laws or infringing on constitutional rights. A quote by Wendy Jane states, An environment that is not safe to disagree in is not an environment focused on growth. It is an environment focused on control. Board members, keep in mind that come the next election, parents will have the control. You've been exposed. that no sitting prime minister has ever been criminally charged with an offense under the criminal code of Canada and or convicted of a criminal offense. If your service, if the RCMP, RCMP service had reasonable and probable grounds to believe that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had committed a criminal offense, the service would charge accordingly. Chair, Isn't that correct? Chair. Point of order, please. Okay, we've got a uh, point of order. Go ahead. Well, I, I understand we have guests today to discuss a topic that we have in front of us, and I think that we should go on topic and not go out of topic. So I would appreciate, Mr. Chair, if we can go on the topic of the study that we have right now.
but uh, Mr. Brock is an experienced litigator. He he did say at the onset that he's going to get to where he needs to go, so I want to give him some latitude. Generally, as you know, uh, I give each member their time to discuss generally what they want, and if it brings us to a point where we end up, uh, which I expect that's where Mr. Brock is going with this, then um, then it's he's got the floor. He can ask whatever questions he wants. Mr. Brock, I did stop your time. I didn't stop it right away, but uh, I'll give you a 10-second head start, and then I'll restart your time. Chair, can I challenge on this? We are talking about relevance of the topic, and I believe the issue with relevance. The issue with relevance, Madam Forte, is it's it's somewhat uh, subjective. Um, you know, it's Mr. Brock. when we're in a committee talking about social media study, and yeah, we're talking Mr. about the prime minister at this time. So I think that maybe we should come back to uh, the relevance of this topic that we have in front of us as a study. Mr. Brock, you have the floor. Uh, I expect that you're going to get to a point where you need to go. will be established if I'm not oh. interrupted by by liberal members. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. So, uh, Deputy Commissioner Larkin, if I can have a response to that question. If the service had reasonable and probable grounds to believe that Justin Trudeau had committed a criminal offense, the service would charge accordingly. Isn't that correct? Uh, through you, Mr. Chair, again, uh, appreciate the, the question. It's uh, very hypothetical in nature. Obviously, we investigate. Our mandate is to investigate criminal investigations, uh, regardless of who the target is. Um, we have a, a sensitive and international investigation section that has a mandate to investigate sensitive high-risk matters that cause significant uh, threats to Canada's political, economic, social integrity. And so, um, again, you know, that is left to the frontline investigators in consultation with prosecutors prosecutors, et cetera, determine that. But again, it would be hypothetical to speak to a certain scenario. Well, I, I respectfully disagree with you. The, the mandate for every single police officer, whether it's Again, frontline... Chair, I'd like to uh, point of order, please. Okay, uh, what's your point of order again? The same as I... Uh, mentioned earlier said, the relevance as, as of said, this is I, I, unfortunately under the topic chair and i challenge the fact that we should be really focusing on this study today which is not uh unfortunately what is not uh, mp brock uh, doing so the relevance should be uh, stated and we should go back to the topic that we have in front of us i, I um i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a, more time to establish where he's going with this uh, I appreciate on the on the issue of relevance. As I said earlier, it's subjective. Mr. Brock has indicated that he's going to go to social media, and I expect that that's going to happen. Go ahead, Mr. Brock. Uh, so I'm going to circle back uh, with respect to Deputy Commissioner uh, Larkin. Um, it's a hypothetical, but I think it's it's a question that's easily answerable because every single police unit in this country, you'd agree with me, has a singular threshold, a singular legal threshold to lay a charge as simple as mischief or shoplifting all the way to homicide. And that is, does the service has, have reasonable and probable grounds to believe an offense has been committed? You'd agree with me, sir, that is the legal threshold for policing in this country. 
through you, Mr. Chair, that would be the uh, the threshold of any criminal investigation is to follow the evidence to ensure that we do comprehensive investigations um, and actually uh, interview and look at the entirety of it. And that's the threshold to ensure that meets the facts Thank and you. issue of the offense we're investigating. Thank you. Thank you. And, I, and I appreciate that your service has a, a sensitivity or a sensitive unit and certainly potentially investigating, criminally investigating the prime minister for Again, potentially Chair, obstruction will, of justice. I uh, ask for point of order on relevance. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Chair, he said it at the beginning, MP Brock said that he would be not in line with questioning on this study. So I would just like to bring it back to this well, study I, that I, we I, have I at this time. It would be very uh, appreciated that we can focus on, as you know, we've been trying to focus on this study for a long time. We have great guests here that can answer many questions. At another time, if the MP wants to discuss another study, but today is, is off relevance. Uh, Regardless of the subject matter, uh, I happen to fundamentally believe that uh, a member's six minutes is their six minutes. If they want to talk about rainbows and unicorns, they can do that. Uh, Mr. Brock, I'm asking you to come back to the subject matter at hand, if you can, sir, and uh, you have the floor. Go ahead. Thank you, Chair. For a minute and 40 seconds. So, uh, again, um, Deputy Commissioner Larkin, hopefully I can get this question out. Now, social media, my social media, is absolutely abuzz with concerns in regards to this particular area. And I can mention social media a thousand times to satisfy my Liberal colleagues, but social media is such that Canadians want to know, is the RCMP impervious to the thought that the Prime Minister is incapable of being charged with a criminal offence? Now, I know that this is a sensitive matter, but I asked you for a pointed response, and I'm not getting a, a pointed response. If the RCMP had reasonable and probable grounds to believe that our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, had, had been involved in a criminal offense, which is your legal threshold, reasonable and probable grounds, that you consulted with the appropriate legal authorities, you consulted with the Department of Justice, you consulted with provincial and territorial Crown attorneys, if they gave you the green light that the facts and the evidence was there, that your legal threshold was met, can you advise Canadians that in that hypothetical you could charge the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau with a criminal offence? Yes or no, sir? In uh, 20 seconds, on relevance again. Point of order on relevance again. Relevance Chair. is subjective. <laughs> um, but, Mr. Larkin, you've got 20 seconds to answer that question if you want. Thank you. Uh, through you, uh, Mr. Chair, uh, to Mr. Brock, uh, again, hypothetical scenario, but it, regardless of who the suspect is, we follow the legal threshold, uh, we're true to our oath, and uh, we would actually follow the evidence of any criminal investigation, and that's our mandate. So thank you. Okay, thank you. And, and was the only state that refused to issue any lockdowns? I don't know if political leaders even realized that there was another option. I was shocked at how quickly people gave up their freedoms. Politicians closed churches, so people willingly gave up their freedom of religion. Politicians said you couldn't gather in groups, so people willingly gave up their freedom of assembly. 
Politicians worked with social media companies to stifle dissent, so people willingly gave up their freedom of speech. I think the American people could learn a thing or two from the NRA. This is not a group of people who give up their God-given constitutional rights willingly. During the pandemic, I spent a lot of time outdoors. Sometimes you just needed a break from the fear and the paranoia that was going on on TV and in all the newspapers. My family would often go and relax at a cabin, go fishing, go pheasant hunting. One day I made a video of me shooting a pheasant. I don't know if you've seen it. I had turned to the camera after shooting a bird and said, less COVID, more hunting. And the liberals melted down on me. I was a little embarrassed by that video though because it took me three shots to drop that bird. Obviously, I was a little out of practice. I was making fun of myself. I needed more hunting. It wasn't my best day shooting and I shouldn't have been surprised when PETA and all the liberal media came unglued and came after me. I couldn't believe, they couldn't believe that I would say less COVID, more hunting. I was kind of confused by it. Did they want more COVID or less hunting? But since then we've had less COVID, so thank God. And we've had plenty of more hunting. In fact, South Dakota has the best pheasant hunting in the world. And if you haven't come to enjoy it with us, then you should. But South Dakota's greatest asset is our people. Our state motto is under God, the people rule. And while enduring many challenges over the last several years, we have worked together to turn those challenges into opportunities. Our state is thriving as a result of embracing liberty and personal responsibility. We're setting the standard as the most Second Amendment friendly state in the nation. The very first bill that I signed as governor guarantees constitutional carry for all law-abiding South Dakotans. I signed legislation to block state- Hold up. Hold up, y'all. If she was just talking about the government, the politician taking this and politician took you from your family and COVID and all this other stuff. We free people. Why do the heck we need permission or paperwork to bear arms and that's the constitution. Now I see her flinging the thing. See, if you're not talking real, then the slick start fithering out. If the Constitution said we can bear arms, it should never be no other paperwork telling us less than. But when they put paperwork, I understand what she said, in there to make, make us have less than, then it's a problem. Watch how she talk, y'all. Local governments from being able to use an emergency declaration as an excuse to infringe on Second Amendment rights. We we strengthened our stand your ground law. We updated the definition of a loaded firearm to mean that if a round is chambered, making it easier to respond in situations when seconds count. And we made South Dakota the first state in America 
to not charge a fee for any concealed carry permit. In fact, we now even pay for your federal background check. It will not cost you a penny to exercise your Second Amendment rights in South Dakota. this phase just trying to holler at y'all and see what's going on had a lot on my mind reminiscing trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind trying to figure out some puzzles I'm not here to start nothing I ain't trying to start nothing just got some things that I want to get done some things that I want to get solved some things I want to enlighten myself with so maybe y'all take a time and to get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts Hope so. Very intellectual. So, if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room, just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day, and thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. Just talk, can we just talk, talk about where we're coming Before we get lost, let me our thoughts Can't get what we do without knowing Number one, Will Smith Gay Jada Pickett Smith Fucked up. That's two words. Uh, bitch. Fuck it, bitch. Yeah, bitch. That's the wrong word come to mind in bold letters. Adam 22. Master. Yeah, he a slave master. Sexy red. Whore. You're a stomp down dirty leg hoe. We would have to bleep that. You trying to get me, uh... Well, you asked me what's coming to mind. This man's trying to get me flashback. Oh, my goodness. I like Sookie. I met Sookie in person, though. I like Sookiana. Real sweet young girl. What you think about Sookie? Uh, she real sweet in person. No, give me the one word for Sookie. Freaky in the motherfucker. Look, I'm freaky. Yeah, you're about freaky. Freaky. Mm. Freaky. Brittany Renner. Hot. Yeah, hot. Yeah, that motherfucker look good in person. Yeah, hot. Could you take Brittany Renner serious? Oh. Uh, yeah, nigga. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. shit, yeah. Could you have a, a, a child with, with Brittany Renner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me some free game. Like, how would you approach a, a woman like Brittany? Oh. Uh, you gotta handle her rough. Oh, uh, you gotta be you gotta be a dominant dominant man to deal deal with Brittany Brittany Renner. When you say uh, rough, you're not talking about domestic violence, right? Yeah, yeah, domestic violence. No, man, no. Yeah, but well, you ass, nigga. I'm telling you, yeah, you got she one of them ones you gotta kick in the ass sometime. Slap her across her head, bitch. No, sit down somewhere. No, no, man. No, ain't ain't being no. Uncle Curtis done it, and they stayed together 40, 50 years. 
All good relationships, somebody got to take a ass kicking somewhere in the relationship. That that's that's right. the only way y'all going to stay together. Right. We're going to cut that out. Man, like, man, ass that. that. Man, everybody got to whoop. Man, you can't tell a nigga he can't whoop his hoe and no, she getting out of line. She the kind of hoe so, you got so to whoop. So the woman that you was with, you put your hands on your woman? Uh, I will if she take me down. No. Have you ever put your hands on your ex-wife? No. Okay, thank you. So all that shit that you talking about. Uh, I done slapped the shit out of my baby mama. Huh? Yeah, I done slapped shit out of my baby mama. Driving. Bitch. Yeah. Hell yeah, I done opened here and slapped the shit out of Yeah, hell yeah, I slapped shit out of my bitch. No. That's my bitch. No. Man, you deal with your bitch. You you discipline your hoe how you discipline mm -hmm. yours. I'm no. gonna discipline mine no. how I discipline no. mine. And yeah, man, you got to kick some of them in their ass. No. I wouldn't give a damn what now. But I just put like, but I look, I'm I'm telling you. Granddaddy them said that. I'm telling I'm telling you as a man, and I gotta hold you accountable. If I were to ever see you put a hand on a woman, it'd be a hard time for me to see that, Charleston. Oh, Get real shit. Oh uh, well. Oh, uh, just be willing to go to jail or go to hell if you get in fact me and my bitch. Huh? Nigga, that go my brother, he better leave me alone by me and my bitch. Nigga, you better go home. Nigga, just me and my hoe. Uh -huh. You better stay out of this. And then boom. that's how niggas die. That's cool. Me or you gotta die that's about this cool. bitch. And it's And now both are my sad. The Vegas the nah, Vegas odds got me winning that fight. Uh, man, Charles. this ain't about no fight, nigga. We got to die behind my bitch. You interfering with me and you my You don't bitch. even love her. Nigga, I love my bitch. How you gonna love her and you gonna put your hands on Same her? reason you whoop your kids and tell them you love them and this why you doing this. No, no. It no. ain't no different. So think about this concept. You so tell, I, your, so you I, tell look, your children, look, I'm mm -hmm. doing this because I love you. So why I can't whoop this hope? And I that's why I'm gonna whoop your ass because I love you. Because I'm telling you, I have to tell you that that ain't right. So I'm gonna whoop your uh, ass uh, and send you on your Marvin way. Marvin Gaye had to kill his daddy or his daddy killed his son for one of them for getting him for about that bitch. That's how don't don't get in that. Man, Listen, don't get in that. If I see a person putting their hands on a woman, I'm gonna put my hands on them because I love them. Yeah. And I'm uh, gonna tell you that ain't uh, I'm we shooting not doing out of anger. Yeah, I'm shooting out of anger. Man, nigga ain't got no business getting in my business what I'm saying. This my bitch. Nigga, you better leave us alone. Now everybody finna die. Mm. For cause you want now your kids finna be without their father cause you wanna say this I'ma bitch. I'm gonna be at home. You don't know that. I'm telling because, you I'm because, be at home. because what 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 ends up happening? It's always the good guy that loses life. Mm -mm. It ain't never the we don't watch this situation hold. So that's why I don't get in domestic shit. If I see a nigga whooping this bitch, I mind my business. Yeah, that's some sucker shit. Cause I done cause I done got in far before and the bitch say it's all right, blue. Oh okay, shit. This what they do. What's your name and bad note? Chance, one, two, seven, nine. All right. Why do y'all have him sitting on the ground like a dog? You don't like a dog. Did he volunteer to sit on the ground? Did y'all make him sit on the ground? You told him to sit on the ground. Is there a law that says he has to sit on the ground? Nobody's detained right now. Get up off the ground, man. You're interfering with our investigation. No, I asked you if I could ask you a question. Interference. It's a physical thing. Interference is physical. Yes, and I asked you if I could ask you a question. You said he's not detained. Well, why did you say he wasn't? He just said he wasn't detained. Okay, well, if he is detained, I can still speak. Okay, but I'm not going to have you speak to him and interfere with our investigation. I can speak to him and he can speak to me. I can, but I can also stand here. We're still conducting our investigation. Well, I'm asking you a question. Why is he sitting on the ground? He doesn't have to sit on the ground. There's no law that says he has to sit on the ground. You are violating his rights right now. 
Yes, you are. I'm I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm just letting you know. You don't have to sit on the ground like no dog, man. Well, I'm going to sit here and watch, bro. You're not all right. They're violating your rights. And you're afraid to stand up for yourself. Searching your car. If I was you, I'd stop talking to him. Everything you say can be used against you. Nothing you say gonna help you. Invoke your Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. And ask him to get out your car, man. If you gave him consent, withdraw it. It's a shame you sit on the ground like a dog. People spit on the ground. Dogs come through and piss and shit on the ground. And you sitting on the ground because you're afraid to stand up like a man. Yes, I am. Because they just might decide to kick your ass out here. If they do, I'm going to have a record of it. If they do, I'm going to have a record of it. I hate to see that. And you talking to them like they're your friends. And you're upset with me. And I got your back. They're not your friends. They're looking to put you in jail, confiscate your car right before Christmas. And right now, they're just waiting to see if they can arrest you. Learn your rights and stand on them. Stop sitting on the ground like a dog. Nothing to put on YouTube to know the police brutality or they made this man. They didn't make me. 
I sat down, I know my rights. I knew when he asked me to sit down on the ground, I, I knew I didn't have to. I had no problem with that. Just go ahead and get this over with so we can go about our way. We both here for the same thing, to help this young lady in the store out. That's it. Okay. All this here, it's not necessary. Okay, let me, let me share something with you. I just heard you out. Give me out. You just made it bad for the next man that don't know his rights. You know what? Oh, listen to me. I just heard you out. He need to learn his rights. Listen. You can't come out here expecting to do this and do that. Let me explain something to you. You sure can. You sure can. But I want you to know something. You just made it bad for the next man. Because when you sit on the ground, mm -hmm. that makes them feel like it's all right to make, to make the next person sit on the ground. No, it's not. Let me explain something all to he, you. All he has to do they, is like, see, if the people that you're recording this for, if they were really paying attention, they would have heard me say, I know my rights. I know I did not have to. You know your rights. I chose to. And you chose exactly. to let them search your car. Exactly. Not knowing if this is a dirty-ass cop wanting to plant a gun, wanting to plant drugs in your car. Right. You don't know that. But they both were here for the same I don't care what they here for. You don't know if he dirty. You don't know this man. You don't care except for nothing about that right there and what could have been. You don't know that man. It happened though. That's over. You don't know that man. The U.S. Army is taking responsibility for the execution of 19 black servicemen in the year 1917. That year was the largest mass execution of American soldiers by the U.S. Army in United States history. Soldiers in the 3rd Battalion, 24th Infantry, who had been deployed to Houston, Texas, dealt with blatant and obvious racism during World War I. It all came to a head on August 23, 1917, when two white cops who were looking for a man burst into the home of a woman who happened to be black. She said she didn't know what they were talking about. There was no one hiding in her house. They searched the house, didn't find anybody, but for whatever reason, decided to drag her out into the street, beat her, and arrest her. Later that day, a black man named Corporal Charles Baltimore approached the two white cops asking about the health and well-being of the woman that they had attacked. He wanted to make sure she was okay. The two cops, which this is one of them, I couldn't find a picture of the other one, started pistol whipping and shooting at Corporal Baltimore. They arrested him as well. Now the rumor was that Corporal Baltimore had been killed. That was not true, but that rumor made its way back to Camp Logan, which is where all the soldiers, all of whom were black, were stationed. About 150 men armed themselves and marched two and a half miles to the downtown where the police station was. In total, 17 people were killed, including cops, civilians, and soldiers. 110 servicemen were arrested and charged. Of those 110, 19 were executed. Some of them were executed the very next day before their families even knew what had happened. This past Monday, the Army publicly recognized the unfairness of the trials and overturned each and every conviction. Secretary of the Army Christine Wormuth said the following, These soldiers were wrongly treated because of their race and were not given fair trials. By setting aside their convictions and granting honorable discharges, the Army is acknowledging past mistakes and setting the record straight, end quote. I was glad to read this, but I also am curious why it took over a hundred years to come forward and admit you're wrong. For one thing, who gives a crap? You know what I'm saying? We already know 
that the Caucasian man and the Caucasian woman is wicked, straight out. The black man in America and the black woman in America, forefathers, if their ancestors was alive right now or the ancestors were living right now and they would say, what would they say about white folk? What would they say about the non-pigmentation man and a non-pigmentation woman? What would our, our forefathers say? Would they say something good about them or would they say something bad about them? Y'all please, all I hear is crickets. So now this is the thing that they tried to put up here to try to make things all great. They don't get, want to give you a reparation but they'll give you a little pat on the back. Like, who cares? These people died. These, these people suffered. And 100 years later, you want to, who cares? We just know that y'all painted a picture. We know the non-melanated man and the non-melanated woman paint a picture to the black man and the black woman that is so bad, that's so ruthless, it's so harmful, so destructional, and it's so wicked and evil. See, that's why a lot of black people don't want to talk about it, world. That's why they shine for them. They don't want to know the history of how their forefather and then make it so bad how your, they killed your forefather and slaughtered them and you supposed to be a voice for them oh that was in the past man let that shit go the earth is given to the hands of the wicked keep telling you that and then they getting you all these little things to sound good so y'all can go out here and sit up here and um Go go fight their war. This is a re this is another episode. Why not go into their military? When you go in there fighting their war, they still kill you. Who did that? It wasn't Hitler. Who did that? It wasn't Hitler. India used to be called long, long, long time ago, Eastern Ethiopia. Everybody knows that, right? No. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> you also probably heard there is a big river in India called Ganges. Okay. To be frank, till Two years back, I did not know what the meaning of the word Ganges. I simply know Ganges is Ganges. Do you know the name Ganges is one of the strongest and famous emperors of Ethiopia? That's right. Do you think uh, some crazy Aryans would name a big river in India after an Af African uh, emperor? Would not. Simple logic says that. In the winter of 1623, the Portuguese send an envoy to negotiate, a priest called Father Barreto. The officials in the Wanda are willing to help the king reclaim Kabasa. 
on condition that you submit to the king of Portugal and be baptized. Submit to the king of Portugal. How dare you come here and try to reduce us to slaves? I am here to do the Lord's Shut work, your mouth! Lord. In the presence of the king! Viper! I am here to do the Lord's work. Is that what you tell yourself when you're putting human beings in chains? Hmm? Who is this God who favors your kind and not mine? I should have cut you all down in Luanda. Jinga. What will be required? Bande. <clears throat> Your surrender to Christ must be whole and complete, meaning no more pagan ways, no false gods, no idols, no rituals, no concubines, no nganga. Everything impure must go. Y'all just heard that, right? I ain't let y'all slip on that, brother. He said no more concubine. Christianity stopped us from having concubines. You are our connection to the ancestors. If you abandon them, we are lost. You were baptized. Did the ancestors abandon you? I am not the king. That's right. Despite being baptized herself, Nijinga feels that what the Portuguese are demanding is a step too far. She sees this as Mbande effectively giving up his power to the enemy and abandoning their traditions and customs. If he agrees to this, it is yet another display of his weakness as king. If you do this, Might as well renounce the throne and go work on a farm. See, that was a scene of the movie, y'all. How they had a black man that looked like us to come down there to the king and tell him to bow down to Christianity and live the Caucasian man way, the non-pigmentation man way, the right way. This is the right way they introduced us. Get rid of our way and go with this way. Our way went nothing wrong with it until we went with their way. Kandake Amanarenas was the brave queen of the ancient African kingdom of Kush, located in modern-day Sudan. During her reign, she successfully led the Kushite army against the Romans in a war that lasted for five years. Today, 
She's considered one of the most famous queens of the Kingdom of Kush and is referred to as the One-Eyed Queen, as she had lost an eye while in battle. Amanirenas was born within the periods of 60 and 50 BC. She was married to Emperor Terechetus, who later died in battle during the early periods of the Five-Year War with the Romans. After the death of her husband, Amanirenas ascended the throne as ruler of the Kingdom of Kush, is the second amongst the four Kandakes, queens of Kush. At the time of her reign, the Roman Empire was expanding rapidly as they conquered several territories in Egypt and Britain. As the Romans began pushing the borders in the south of Egypt into the kingdom of Kush, Amanirenas fought bravely to stop them. As queen, Amanirenas was a fierce and merciless warrior as she fought using several war elephants and was known to have two lions locked in her palace that she'd regularly feed her captives to. In 24 BC, during a campaign in Arabia, in the absence of the chief magistrate of Egypt, Cornelius Gallus, the new Roman provincial chief magistrate of Egypt, attempted to impose taxation on the kingdom of Kush. And Amanirenas wasn't having any of that, so she and her son Akinidad led the Kushite army into the Roman territories and launched an attack on the Romans, defeating them at Philae and Syene, south of Egypt. After their victory, the Kushite army brought back a bronze depiction of the head of the Egyptian emperor Augustus Caesar and Queen Amanirenas buried the head under the steps of the entrance of the royal palace. When the new governor of Egypt, Gaius Petronius, who always referred to Amanirenas as the One-Eye Candace, launched a counterattack on the Kushite army with about 10,000 Roman soldiers, pushing deep into their borders, driving the Kushites out of Syene, reclaiming territories, and taking on many Kushites as slaves. Amanirenas did not yield, even after losing her son in battle. She repeatedly launched several counterattacks, including a failed attempt to attack the Roman garrison at Primus, present-day Kassar Ibrim. Still, the Kushite forces refused to concede defeat. Their resistance was beginning to be overwhelming for the Roman forces that later in 24 BC, both Amanirenas and Augustus Caesar both agreed to a peace treaty that freed Kush from Rome. Amanirenas spent most of her life fighting to defend her kingdom from invaders. She died in 4226, giving Kush another 300 years of freedom from the Romans. Though the kingdom of Kush was abolished in 550 AD, in 1914, some archaeologists dug up the head of Augustus Caesar's statue the one which had been buried in the entrance of the palace by Queen Amanirenas. To date, Amanirenas remains one of the most significant female African rulers. As if it wasn't for her bravery and strategic leadership, the kingdom of Kush would have been overcome by the Romans. Okay, y'all. So I'm going to give y'all a little history on this now. I want y'all to think about this now. When you go to the Apocryphy Bible, right, and they talking about Alexander the Great, right? Because he was the first Caucasian man to bring all white people together. And the Bible said, and all, all nation was quiet amongst them because he, 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 ruling world, he was ruling the world at that time. So this is one of the examples of under the regime of Alexander the Great, how they went in there and, and start conquering the land and 
It was they. It was they time. It was that that that. It was. It was their time of rulership. This is what the time of rulership because the Bible said when you look when you read Esau. I mean when you look. Let me slow down, phase. Slow down, phase. Slow down. When you read in the book of Genesis, you hear about Esau blessing. Right? So, when um, they was born, Jacob had Esau's ankle. Because the Bible said they were just fighting all in the womb, right? They couldn't get along with each other. So the Bible already told you that the, car, the, the Caucasian man and the black man can't get along. Jacob and Esau, they was fighting in the womb. They was brothers in the womb. So the Bible already described that we couldn't get along. And we can see now that we can't get along because of this. Right? And so when you go to Apocryphy, it tells you, Jacob's the beginning and Esau is is the is the upcoming. I mean, I mean, Jacob's the beginning, Esau's the ending, Esau's the ending of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of his world. Because this the this is the ending of Esau's world. You see how everything that the America is falling, the dollar bill, the leadership is don't have any order. Everything in America is coming to a ravish. But the real, the real bomber ain't here. And now you seeing all this noise that they making laws with New York, how they trying to do this. And and most of y'all still on this trick cat in this trick game. And y'all don't know what's really going on in New York and all these other places that these people are trying to get y'all the one-two on. You know, and then they talking about police coming. This is what I don't understand, y'all. How can common man and common woman allow policeman or government official to come and start taking out people live. You know, and this is the question that I want to ask all black man and all black woman. Would you go into slavery again? Would you go into captivity again? Because this is what they're trying to do. This is they, what they're slowly trying to put into place. We lost everything on deck, y'all. We ain't got nothing else to lose, y'all. But we still want to follow their procedures and policies like their procedures and policies supposed to work. When y'all gonna 
erase all that garbage that that they that we belong to them. We don't belong to them. We don't belong to them. We don't belong to them. When is that going to come into your mind? But it ain't. So get ready for slavery. Again. And I ask you a question. No, I ain't going into slavery. I ain't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you talking all that big talk. You, you talking all that big talk now. But we'll see. Because if you ain't doing nothing now, what makes you think you're going to do something then? Because we going to be too late then. You can't start, you, you can't start running a race if you ain't prepared for the race. You can't, you can't prepare, you can't do, be in a fight if you're not prepared to fight. So again, black man, black woman, let me introduce you to the new modern day slavery. Because y'all gonna accept it anyway. Y'all accepted that vaccine. Y'all continue running after that doodle paper. Y'all continue running after the 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 Colossians two and eight and Second Thessalonians two and eleven precepts of man, his holidays, his educations, his morals, his values. So why not be a slave? You don't think for yourself. Why not be a slave? You don't love each other. Why not be a slave? And plus, you don't like to get your own stuff. Why not be a slave? So my question to you, again, black man and black woman, get ready for slavery.
captivity. I do not change. I want you to remember me. Laws and commandments, I gave you the remedy. Go read the testimonies for your memory. I sent them problems, but you wasn't hearing me. I come to you if you really come near to me. I heard your cry, now it's time to say it to me. I'm the one got you from all of your enemies. Who you know open the sea? Them waters were bitter, but I made it sweet. Case you ain't know how to swim. I'm, I'm your protector, so I made you walk on your feet. This a reminder you married to me. I just want you to be all I called you to be. They called you niggas, but I made you priests. I'm about to give you back everything. I'm sending plagues for you. I'm sending boys drying up rivers. I leave them dead for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything but I called you my own That land I gave you put my name in my home Yeah that's my home Israel I'm the reason you in the captivity We made a covenant you ain't remember me You broke the covenant I sent your enemies Get out my land since you was inferior I'm, I'm, I'm the reason they put you in chains I'm the reason they switched up your name I'm the reason why you in the hood I'm the reason of all your pain. I'm sending flows fast daily. Think I don't love you. Y'all my babies. Gave my son. Must be crazy. Come out that system. Come out of that lady. They got that military. It would not phase me. It would not move me. It would not graze me. Remember Egypt. I did all that for my people. You only ever know. Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you put my name in my home. Yeah, that's my home. You only ever know. Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you put my name in my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel.